0: Welcome to the Friday edition of Anglican Unscripted, episode 680. I'm Kevin Coulson.
1: I'm George Conger. Today is Friday, August 13th, 2021.
0: Alright welcome to another program of Anglican Unscripted and let's get something right out of the way right now just click the like just boom boom smash it click it mash it whatever you want to do but and you're done that's it you've clicked the like button you made us famous in the eyes of YouTube and Facebook they'll give us free advertising we appreciate that very much if you want to you can share the program with your friends or enemies. And if you want to even go further and be really a participant in Anglican Unscripted, go to the comment sections, read the comments and add your own. A lot happens after we click the publish button, people go there and they, they leave their opinions, which we'll talk about later in a moment. If you have not subscribed to Anglican Unscripted yet, I really don't know what your problem is. Um, you may want to seek some counseling or, you know, uh, I don't know. It's time please just click that red button, it'll turn to a bell, click the bell, and you'll get instant notifications when there is a new program. However, for those of you who do not want to watch us on screen, we have a podcast format, audio only. You just have to listen to these wonderful, vibrant, godly voices. You go to the show notes on our YouTube channel, and you will see a way to click up and sign up for the podcast. George, uh, it's nice up here today in Wisconsin. It's 80 degrees, no humidity. I bet you can't say that where you are.
1: Kevin, it's hot. It's Tarzan hot. It's jungle hot. its I just want to sit against the side of the building with a sombrero pulled over <laughs> my head and wait till the cool of the evening. <laughs> We've got a new tropical storm coming, Tropical Storm Fred. It's going to hit at about 8 o'clock Sunday morning just as we start worship. We're going to have uh, the palm fronds flying everywhere. Mm-hmm. But right now, it's it's, uh, it's bright sunshine, but also humidity, so that the heat en- index has been over 100 uh, degrees uh, every day this week. And well, you, you just, d- when you walk outside, don't want to do a thing.
0: <laughs> you can go to Starbucks and get an iced coffee, or you can go to Dunkin' Donuts, uh, another American coffee place, and get iced coffee. Can you get iced uh, tacos at Taco Bell. I mean, what, what do you do to, when you're in the heat of summer down there, other than just sitting in front of the AC?
1: Not much. Not much.
0: <laughs> no, it is hot.
1: Actually, actually, <laughs> actually many of uh, many of my parishioners uh, this time of year take sleep uh, during the heat of the day. Mm. Uh, they uh, sleep from about uh, one o'clock to three o'clock, and they stay up past midnight. Get up at five a.m. And so you'll see people outside doing their lawn uh, at 6.30 in the morning uh, because it's the only time when you really can be comfortable in working outdoors if you're older.
0: Well, that's why I'm not in Florida this time of year, George. All right, let's move on to our good stories. Uh, we got three good stories we're going to run through uh, for you um, because we really want to build up the good story portion of the program. It's not going to be half the show. no. Because it is hard to find good stories that are interesting to you as the viewer, but that that are Anglican or Christian in perspective. The first one, George, comes from the Philippines.
1: Yes, the Iglesia Filipina Independiente (IFI), which is a full communion partner of the Anglican Communion, and the Roman Catholic Church signed a mutual statement uh, this past week. Uh, the IFI broke away from the Roman Catholic Church about a 100- hundred plus years ago, uh, over the issue of, uh, Spanish bishops, the Philippine priests wanted their own bishops who were Filipino, not Spanish, and the hierarchy was almost all Spanish, and it was a nationalist movement, and they broke away from the Catholic Church, and there were mutual denunciations and excommunications, and that is now being moved to the past, where they're recognizing each other's, um, sacraments and orders and it's just uh, good to see uh, the church coming together after a hundred years of difficult uh, uh, relations
0: no I mean that is a really good news story because oftentimes we just see people set in their ways forever and never make that uh, step into reconciliation somebody has to make the first step and the mm-hmm. first step I always say is 90% of the journey and here, somebody said it's time, and it was time, because everybody is willing to sit down, uh, talk it out, and say, yes, your your ministry and your ministry is viable and needed. Good job, guys. We appreciate that. Uh, we also have a new bishop in Uganda.
1: Yes, uh, I think it's Charles Luom. I'm not certain of his first name. Mm-hmm. L-U-O-M is his last name. <clears throat> he is godfrey lawum excuse me <laughs>
0: that's right
1: god godfrey, godfrey lawum was had been elected by the ugandan house of bishops to be bishop of northern uganda which is the name of a diocese now northern uganda is a special place it has been ravaged by the lord's resistance army since the late 1980s where whole villages have been whole regions have been depopulated and the people moved into displaced person camps protected by the army To protect them from this guerrilla group that are frankly crazy um one of and one of these uh displaced persons uh was a young as a boy he had to move out of his village it was burned down and he was a refugee uh he managed to educate himself had a religious conversion went on to seminary and now he's going to be bishop of northern uganda he's a local he's somebody who has survived the traumas of near civil war and it's wonderful to see God raising up uh, people to do his work in these difficult places especially somebody who has been there and done that and is one of them Um, it uh, I don't uh, have anything negative to say about missionary bishops from overseas that's a wonderful gift from God but there are times when a local people uh, the uh, from this case the El people really benefit from having one of their own be their bishop and lead them forward.
0: Right, but I also think this is th- the goal of many missionaries is to, to, to spark up the locals and to, to have uh, ministries uh, for them as they, they go forth. Um, it's another great testimony that we have here on Angle Unscripted, but it's not the last one. <laughs> Our next one is there is a new diocese in Ghana being proposed.
1: Yes, uh, the Synod of the Diocese of Accra, Accra across the capital of Ghana on the coast, voted, uh, I think last Saturday, uh, to spin off its Eastern Archdeaconry into the new Diocese of Tama. Uh, The Anglican Church has grown so rapidly in in the greater Accra area that this may be the first of many divisions. Uh, The Bishop just doesn't have time in his day And in the year, to visit everybody because of the new church plants, Uh, the Diocese of Accra, starting with Justice Accraffy, who was Archbishop of West Africa and Bishop of Accra uh, a while back, one of the GAFCON founders, set out a deliberate plan to plant churches in the Tama area. And within 15 years, it's grown so rapidly that it can support and raise up its own bishop. This is... No foreign missionaries involved here. Uh, This is God doing great work amongst the people of Ghana.
0: Now, another beautiful story. We do like good news stories, and we're happy to find them and provide them for you. The next story, of course, we're going back to the Church of England, uh, and we're going to talk about the Church Society. Two weeks ago, they put out a report of an investigation they did on themselves, and lo and behold, they came out squeaky clean. They passed their uh, uh, independent uh, study of themselves, and nothing wrong here. There have been some complaints about that. Why do we believe you? Um, and I thought we'd talk about that because it has come to the pages of the Inc. comment section. And I think it's a good point here that you guys know that Anglican.inc is a, uh, a sister site of Anglican Unscripted. We often talk about stories that are on our pages and we talk about comments once in a while. I need to talk about the comment policy because some of you have been violating it. The comment policy is real simple and I have one dedicated person. His only job, other than being a priest, is to monitor what goes on in the comments. And sometimes he says, Kevin, you would not believe? No, I would believe. I (laughs) ain't looking at ink old enough. I've seen the worst. We don't allow name calling, hostility, going off the topic. We don't allow trolling in the comment section. We don't even allow URLs unless they link to a Bible. Um, or they're extremely relevant. You can't just go in and answer comments with URLs. They automatically go to spam, and my comment moderator, would he would have to unspam that. Um, commenters are allowed to be, and this is very important, you're allowed to be wrong. What's the point? You, know, you are allowed to go on there and make your opinion, you're, and you're allowed to be wrong. You're allowed to be... Uh, ha- Heresy, heretical? Can't even say it. it's Friday, heretical, there we go, jeez, Kevin, that's, you should know that word, your whole ministry is based, trying to get rid of it, you're allowed to be angry, you're allowed to be happy, you're allowed to be on topic, but most of all, you're allowed to be godly, you're allowed to avoid making comments if you don't want to make a comment where you think you're going to say something stupid and be offensive and cause a bigger problem, I, I finally learned to do that on Facebook recently. So these are our suggestions for when you, when you want to comment on Anglican. Don't do the name calling. Don't do the hostility. Don't go off topic. Don't troll. I have a link at the very top of the website that says comment policy. I do recommend you familiarize yourself with that and you and I will get along just fine. George and you will get along just fine. My very active moderator, poor guy. We'll get along just fine. Um, I say that because there was a blow up this week on Church Society News, George. What is going on?
1: Well, I received a number of emails from people, uh, some from strangers, some from people who I know very well and really trust their opinions, saying this Church Society report's not entirely straightforward. Uh, there's more to meet the eye. And the question was, why did you post it? Well, because it's a press release. Mm-hmm. And it's labeled as a press release. And it's labeled under the name of the author or the head of the Church Society, League Gattis. It is not a news story where I seek to balance and present both sides. It is a press statement from one side. And the person about whom the report was written said, why did you do this? And I said, well, I welcome you. I ask you, you if you have a response to make, make it
0: and I'll... Print it as well. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the first let's thing go, they go, did hold was on. they let's back up. Which, for the entirety of Anglican Inks, ten or fifteen years, we've done that. We've always tried to present mm-hmm. both sides of the story and press release after opposing press release after opposing press release. We do that. We want you, the reader, to be able to decide for yourself what the truth is or what the real facts are in this. And we present both sides because we know you are an educated, godly audience. And if you have any questions, you can put them in the comments. Okay, George, continue on.
1: Yeah, like when we did the South Carolina lawsuits, we'd put up something from Bishop Lawrence's diocese and something from the episcopal link diocese on the same issue, and you could read them for yourselves and see where the truth lay. Uh, on Anglican Unscripted, we'd tell you what we think, but Anglican Inc., we'd allow you to make up your own minds. Well, in this particular case, uh, we the offer was made, tell your story, and the person decided To to respond not with a story, but with comments. The first was just a URL with nothing else. Well, of course, that'll automatically get canned. The second was uh, a personal attack on another commenter uh, that was inappropriate. You know, we don't allow you to, uh, we'll defend your right to be stupid. To the death and to be <laughs> so, wrong to the death <laughs> so, but we're not going to tolerate you being uh slanderous slander well yeah i mean basically style. impugning the motives and character of other people in comments that you will not through the comments
0: yeah. yeah
1: and the third thing uh was sent to the our moderator sent this to kevin and i what, what should we do about this the uh person uh made some Preliminary remarks, and then made a statement that I can see why some people would hurt themselves, and I think I'm going to do that too. They made a statement of self harm, Mm -hmm. and Kevin and I said, "Well, we can't print this because you know it's not right to do so." And I immediately, as an Episcopal priest, if someone makes a statement of self harm, it is. I've been told from the very beginning, I cannot decide on my own if they're telling the truth. I need to pass it to the relevant authorities to find out is this person exaggerating? Is this person about to kill themselves? I can't d- make that decision. And even though this was a person in England, I still can't walk away from it. Because mm-hmm. um, Anglican Inc. is not a bus station where you can write on the walls and it doesn't matter. Uh, we read and it's we try to be we try to be godly and Christian mm-hmm. so I wrote to the bishop of the person and that bishop acknowledged immediately and so they would pass it to the safeguarding team and the appropriate local authorities and I wrote back to the person saying this is what I've done and they took my email and put it all over Twitter saying what a horrible human being I was because now I was reabusing someone and all this and that well, this is what I'm going to do. If, if if you were going to use if you were going to use Anglican Inc. as a suicide note, I'm going to pass it to the appropriate people, mm-hmm. and not because it can't. My, my conscience will not allow me to just walk away.
0: Well, nor your your role. There is a procedure for the last three and a half, four weeks, all we've done is talk about procedure because some dioceses around the world haven't followed their own procedures and got in trouble. Anglican Inc and Anglican scripted and Anglican T V ministries we follow procedures. And one of them is uh if you uh, make mention of self harm, we're obligated, uh, by Anglican TV and by uh Georgia's Episcopal uh uh, church well, to contact a, a number church. of
1: years ago we had we had a we had a commenter write to me privately and say they were abused by an episcopal priest when they lived in atlanta
0: mm-hmm.
1: and i said and they gave me the person's name and i said okay i have to write and i wrote to the canon to the ordinary the intake officer that i of atlantis saying this person has made this allegation about this and this happened in the past it was a historic abuse it's not ongoing and Diocese of Atlanta and I sent it the certified mail return receipt requested uh, Didn't get an answer back. And so I followed up with my Canon to the Ordinary in Central Florida who called up to them and he and it was passed back to me that well this priest though He worked in Atlanta was a priest of the Diocese of Georgia and so I wrote to the Diocese of Georgia and I've not heard anything further because the guy since died and so what i'm saying is i cannot be your advocate and prosecutor beyond a certain point Mm -hmm. but i will do everything i can within my system to make sure that i am honoring the the canons and the dignity of the people with whom i am involved Um,
0: so do we know what the true story is of the church society's uh report no don't there's you know lots, lots of different opinions it would be nice if somebody who has a different opinion could cohesively write up uh, something that we could put on Anglican, uh, inc. that'd be kind of fun uh t- to hash out the stories because there's always a a bit of truth in everything does not not a gospel statement don't don't go taking that no 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 in reports like this so it'd be uh, uh interesting to see this further discussed on anglican.inc if you want to see all the comments they're there go to Anglican dot Inc. Look for the story you want to click on and you can add your own comments as well We encourage and that
1: just so that you all know the reason why I even mentioned the suicide threat is because this person Put it out on Twitter with my response. Yeah. so it's not like I'm when they do that they're violent, They're ending the past relationship uh, of
0: confidentiality mm-hmm. Crazy times But I don't think that's the most craziest story this week, George. Presiding Bishop Michael Curry has entered the COVID fray. In fact, he found in Scripture where Jesus would inoculate to save the children. I'm like, that's cool. And it got picked up by USA Today. They probably paid him for it. Who knows? Um let's talk about it (laughs) your presiding bishop uh is quite convinced that there's a scriptural relevance to getting vaccinated to prevent COVID from spreading amongst the earth and uh great (laughs) george great great great
1: well it's one of these things where i agree with his conclusion but i don't agree with how he got there uh michael curry is uh, saying that you know put aside your pride and be humble and get a vaccine even if you don't believe it do it for the other person end of the day that's you know basically what i believe i mean i may not know what's going on but i'm not going to put my rights above the needs of the community and hey if i if i get sick i got great insurance
0: Uh, (laughs) well and, and same here i mean i have nothing against the vaccine I support your right not to get vaccinated. I encourage yeah. you to get vaccinated. That's, that's that no further. No, not, that's, that's where I draw the line. Do I want to talk to you about you know your politics on vaccine? No. That's just my, my two-statement opinion on being vaccinated. That's it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And in our church, uh, all the staff are of sort of one mind. We all independently got vaccinated. Yeah. But I've told the congregation, you're welcome here you're welcome to worship here if you're vaccinated or not vaccinated if you're wearing a mask or not wearing a mask um you're a uh, an adult the decision is yours you should be able to weigh the risks for your own particular circumstances and health if you have a terrible autoimmune disease i would not i would follow my doctor's advice and not get a vaccine uh, but if you're an 85 year old woman uh who who lives in a nursing home, I would get a vaccine because you don't know what you're going to catch from the next room. Well, Michael Curry sort of agrees with that, but he did it in such a way that my heart says, oh my God, Uh, we do it. What would Jesus do? And Michael Curry, instead of looking at this through a Christian ethical stance, basically said, we do it for the children. And see, Michael Curry's not like Catherine Jeffords Shorey. When Catherine Jeffords Shorey would look at the Bible, she would just, I, in some respects, Catherine Jeffords Shorey is a cleaner, neater person and that she says, no, this is crap, Paul's wrong. Uh, one of our, the most commented on uh, story we ever had after the Archbishop Vagano letter mm-hmm. about a year or two ago, second comes Catherine Jeffords Shorey condemning Paul for casting out the demon of the slave girl, I think it was in Ephesus, that right. she was depri- but, he was depriving her of her free choice to be demon-possessed.
0: If I were to tell you that Catherine Jeffers-Shorey was a capitalist, you'd be surprised, but she really was. She supports raising money through a demon. That's fine. You know, come on.
1: And she's an anti-vaxxer because she's saying, my body, my choice. My soul, <laughs> if I want to be possessed by a devil, that is my choice. You just can't do this, Paul. Well, uh... Michael Curry doesn't do that to the Bible. Instead, he plays free association and sort of goes off on these airy fairy tangents where he's talking about, you know, suffer the little children, don't harm them. And then Jesus would want us to be vaccinated so that we don't harm little children. And man, I just can't follow his logic if there well, is any in there.
0: All right, go to the comments section here on YouTube. I'm going to read you the paragraph. Jesus. Uh, was furious when he saw the needs of the children being pushed aside and ignored. For him, the way of unselfish, sacrificial love that seeks the good and well-being of others is at the heart of God's law for human life and society. That way of love demanded attention to the most vulnerable and helpless, in this case, children. Jesus then commanded his followers to let the children come to him. The old King James Version says, Suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not. For of such is the kingdom of God. And this is justification for the vaccines.
1: See, this is what he does. In other (laughs) words, you can't argue with him quoting the biblical passages and stating some truths. But then he goes off on these tangents that are unrelated to the scriptural readings that he's just given. And he finds in them things that nobody else seems to ever have noticed before Wow! because they're not there they're not, <sighs> uh, but uh, well, I mean but well he means
0: well I guess yeah, but, and, uh, and that's and that's it I mean we are in a time when meaning well means more than facts means more than truth means more than anything meaning well is the new uh, conjecture of truth and uh, Michael Curry means well and he got published in the USA Today And basically, if you're a priest getting published in a mainline newspaper, that newspaper is convinced you're not converting anybody to Christianity, so.
1: Hey, 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 I've written for all these newspapers.
0: No, as a reporter, not as as a a reporter, not as an op-ed guy. No, If your op-eds are showing up in the New York Times or in uh, USA Today or Washington Post, they know you're not converting nobody. <laughs> Your opinions are safe. <laughs> oh well, uh, George. Do we have any other stories? I have any Yeah, we want. I have right a fish
1: we want to give a uh, sort of follow up on the the Truro Parish meeting. Mm. Um, so I, I, essentially, I want to I want to put this story a bit um, on yeah, August eighth. Okay, we want
0: this to be our last talk until they hire a new priest. Go for it.
1: August 8th, the uh, wardens had a uh, parish meeting. There were 100-plus people there. Uh, multiple hundreds is what I was told. And they answered, and the wardens spent three and a half, the three-and-a-half-hour meeting answering questions. And they went through the history. They went through what took place. And I'll just summarize quickly what the wardens said. The history was that in 2017, Tim Mayfield, the... Uh, who had been acting as the associate rector at the time, but has since been the interim rector, uh, groped two women. These were two independent actions. These women independently went to people in the uh, office at Truro, but they didn't go to the right person, so it sort of sat for a while, and eventually got kicked upstairs and an investigation was done. By this time, Tory Balcom had uh, resigned and entered into the catholic church and tim mayfield was the acting priest in charge acting
0: rector so these happened before he became rector right okay.
1: these happened in 2017. all right and meanwhile mary hayes had been brought in to deal with the fallout from the tory balcom affair because tory balcom left badly
0: mm-hmm.
1: he uh Tory Beckham went off to a uh, conference in England with the Archbishop of Canterbury. And while he was gone, the other clergy and the parish staff wrote a letter to the wardens and vestry saying, This man is impossible to work with. He has an anger issues. He has uh, language issues. Uh, and the vestry sort of looked into this. And when Tory came back, they asked him about it. And Tory said, Fine, I'm leaving for the Roman Catholic Church.
0: Well, hold, and on, they spent hold on three months. Mu- he just came back from Lambeth meeting with Justin Welby and his first reaction is fine I'm going Roman Catholic
1: <laughs> yeah anyway and he didn't contest any of the charges he just spent three months haggling over his severance and it was never contested that all this and part of what he had been doing in the people were so sort of, he was people were saying in his speech sermons and classes before this he was saying that sounds awfully Catholic Tory oh well No, 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 no. And no, I have no intention of becoming a Catholic. And no, we're not heading towards the Catholic Church. And then, boom, he wants everybody to become Catholic with. Well, Mayfield is kicked upstairs interim rector. Mary Hayes is sent over to hold people's hands as a nurse for the Tory-Balcom affair. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, the allegations of abuse of groping that had occurred two years earlier Two, three years, almost three years yeah. earlier, make their way up and are finally examined by the bishop and the wardens. And the victims, uh, the accusers, are interviewed. And Tim Mayfield is interviewed. Tim Mayfield gives a categorical denial. Um, and they can't, you know, it's, he said, she said. So they hired a law firm, who specializes in defending clients from sexual harassment lawsuits. So they know this stuff cold. And they did an investigation and talked to everybody who had credible, in, you know, first-hand knowledge. Now, for a lot of people who loved Tim Mayfield, they were never talked to. Bec- and they were never allowed, given the opportunity to give character references. Well, that wasn't the investigation. The investigation was to talk to the people who actually knew something. And the results were presented to first to John Guernsey and then to uh, the wardens. And the law firm found that Tory's claims were not credible, while the two women's claims were credible. And you said this Tory. was brought... I'm sorry, Tim, excuse me. <laughs> That's Tim's I claims... T- uh, too many T's in this Too story. many T's, I know. Tim's claims were not credible, his denials were not credible, the women's claims were credible. Mm -hmm. Simultaneous to this investigation, when all this started happening and Tim was sort of stood down uh, by the bishop, everybody was asked not to interfere with the investigation, not to sort of talk up their side, and, and Tim Mayfield violated this. And he basically was building up his supporters into the congregation to help him fight for his job. Now, this is George speaking. In my opinion, even if he, these charges of groping were not true, that alone is enough to get you fired. Because what you're 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 being a narcissist. You're putting yourself before the health of the parish. Yeah. Um, it's it's the sort of behavior we see in bad divorces where the parents tell the children. This or that, or the other.
0: Mommy doesn't love you, and, I love you. Yes.
1: <laughs> and so at the end of the day, the the, the uh, Tim Mayfield, who is not an active priest, he just holds a license. He's a Church of England priest, he holds a license from John Guernsey. Uh, that license was withdrawn. And he was asked by the vestry, you're not he was asked by the vestry to step but the war the, excuse me. He was not asked by the vestry. He was asked by the senior warden to step down, and the vest and the vestry unanimously agreed upon his severance package and everything else. And then, at the end of the process, three of members the 13 member of the 13-member vestry resigned because they they said they just weren't convinced, and that they knew Tim and they just couldn't believe this was true. Mm-hmm. So, what the emails I've been getting. Uh, I can't really fault what the the parish has done because they ticked off every box as they went along. Um, you need to keep taking consideration that Tim Mayfield had a license. Uh, he's not an actor priest. He's basically acting under license that John Guernsey can revoke at any time for any reason. Um, that... Tim Mayfield actually harmed his case by going out to doing a campaign and I'm talking to people and this is what I'm told. Was I there? I didn't see him campaign. I don't know. I don't know this guy from Adam. But this is all the package that the vestry and the senior warden had to decide with Bishop Guernsey and they decided Tim had to go. And Mary Hayes was has not Mary Hayes is at retirement age she's is not angling for the job she's just been kept on basically as a nurse to help this bleeding parish uh, go forward but you're not going to see any uh, major uh, programmatic changes or anything like that
0: no I would not imagine she is in this job because she wants it she's there to, to help and it, it... It's hard to see you know we see this from time to time in mega churches in the bigger churches uh, i could name a lot of uh evangelical leaders in the last five years who've stepped down and fallen down and the church has just been destroyed um here we don't want the destruction we want a godly reassertation a godly find a new priest and a godly continue on with the mission feelings are hurt here we understand that and uh, I would ask the audience to hold up Truro and the Vestry and the Wardens and the future priest in, in your prayers this isn't uh, a chance to, to let's call Anglican Inc one more time and tell them the and a third story this is we don't want to report any more news on Truro okay uh, take your time take your heel put together your, your parish uh, uh, profile find a priest start over again you know
1: at the only thing I would add that came up at this meeting was that it was reiterated again and again the two accusers have not sought or been given a dime. Uh, the law firm hy- said, hypothetically, if these women came to us and asked this, us to pursue this case for damages, they'd, we'd take it because there's enough there that we're pretty, you know, we get a percentage of the damages. This is a, this is a winner case these women have not asked for money they've just asked for an opportunity to be heard and for these for this to be resolved in a christian way yeah. so it's not a case, it's not a me too case it's at all uh because Me Tooism ism is almost the opposite of christianity in many ways but
0: uh. <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're finding out real quick here in the ecna oh well okay so that's uh george this is 35 we're a little short today it's friday We're giving you the extra... Yeah?
1: We have George Carey, Hero of the Hour.
0: You want... Okay, we got time for that. And that'll take us up to 42 minutes. George, George Carey has put out his opinion on Justin Welby. And how much backstory do we give? Because the backstory is basically the entire administration of Justin Welby as Archbishop of Canterbury. Uh, Archbishop uh, Justin Welby took office, and he started... uh, doing things that were just kind of weird and we got contacted by some people with george carey uh family or friends said you're not going to believe this but they took away george carey's pto um his his license to preach what (laughs) what (laughs) who did justin welby (laughs) And so we're just like, oh, wait a minute here. Well, clearly they they have him on videotape doing something. And years later, you know, there was nothing, George.
1: No, oh, it it was all, um, <laughs> but it was malicious. Uh, starting with the, uh, well,
0: well, let, let, we we will in the future. just There's use so much BS. backstory
1: we can give you now. We we could we can. Uh, we could make a whole episode of the backstory here, but there's the Save the Parish campaign being run out of by Marcus Walker, the rector of St. Bartholomew the Great in Smithfield in London, which is pushing back against the uh, planned further over-centralization where programs are being pushed down from above and money is being starved from the parish system and being put into whatever the consultants and the MBAs telling the bishops to do george carey entered the fray by sending a letter to the save the parish campaign saying the current leadership of the church of england is doing an appalling job yahoo george (laughs) tell it like it is george carey is comes full he's swinging with both uh, fists firing with both barrels He doesn't name Justin Welby, but it's perfectly obvious who the current leadership of the Church of England is. Where, uh, well, uh, Kerry is saying that this over centralization and top down uh, management and top down uh, everything is just destroying the church. Uh, Giles Fraser, who's a. uh, we've been acquainted for 20 plus years mm-hmm. uh, he's a very liberal church of england priest uh, he's a prolific commentator and writer you'll see him on the bbc maybe once a week he's in the save the parish thing and he made a comment the other day that you used to open the church times and look at the job section and 90 percent 99 percent of the jobs were vicar rector curate mm-hmm. parish jobs you open the pages today, and there are these unrecognizable corporate jobs for the church, you know, area advisor on diversity or women's advisor. In other words, the, the money is not being spent on the, the parish. It's being spent on more bureaucrats and drones to keep the top-heavy Church of Man- England management up and running. We had a funny little comment of, on our truro story on anglican unscripted saying oh truro is it was from an englishman who was being facetious truro that's a diocese in cornwall uh, <laughs> where the cathedral is that's right the joke of it is i think there're going to be more people in church at truro this sunday than all the diocese truro um, that may that may not be true but it'd be close enough to it'd be, be close enough. yeah why do you need a bishop for a Apart from historic geographic reasons, uh, there are too many bishops in the Church of England for the actual number of people in the churches.
0: Hmm. So. Yeah.
1: Giles right. Fraser is making sense. There must be something wrong with me because I'm starting to agree with everything <laughs> Giles. Oh, Fraser's. I
0: like Giles. He's a good read, fun guy. All right, that covers the Friday the. 13th. Yeah, but you have
1: more hair. You have more the hair than he does, so that's, <laughs> that's right. why
0: you like. It. Yes. <laughs> I do well. I glued more on. We'll see if it works, <laughs> but uh, yep, this is the Friday the thirteenth episode. We made it all the way through. We wish everybody here a good weekend. Show up on church on Sunday if the local laws allow it. Not for our our Australian friends, but you know, times are changing. I'm Kevin Carlson.
1: And I'm George Conger, and you've been watching episode 680 of Anglican Unscripted.